1: Hey, Chadville, it's 2.06. It's the Friday of a long weekend. You made it. (sighs) Look at that. Four more hours to three days in paradise. Do you have big plans for the weekend? Anything going on? Are you getting away maybe your last camping trip? Before, uh, you know, the kids go back to school or maybe that's what you're focusing on all weekend is getting the kids ready to get back to school. I can be honest with you, I've got zero, nothing planned for the weekend and quite looking forward to it. Uh, Let me know at at 630, 630, what's up? For your weekend, I'd be curious to know. And if you're listening on the way out to, I don't know, Jasper or Banff or something like that, tell me where you're going. Now, as you heard Eileen Bell uh, tell us during the 2 o'clock news, we've just heard word that um, Canada and U.S. will miss that uh, NAFTA deadline, which was set for today by President Trump. Um, Word is, is that the talks will resume next week. We're expecting on Wednesday. So, Foreign Affairs Minister uh, Christia Freeland uh, set to make an announcement on the state of the NAFTA talks uh, at 2.30. So, we'll be taking that news conference live to hear what she has to say. But as you heard Eileen tell us, uh, we're expected to hear that uh, the intense day-long talks with her American counterpart are progressing well. But they will take a break for the long weekend and resume next week. As mentioned, likely on Wednesday. We'll get that confirmed, though, in less than 25 minutes. Now, uh, throughout today, Canadian-American negotiators were showing... Really, a few signs of budging on uh, some of their most stubborn NAFTA positions. Um, a statement from the U.S. Trade Representative's office said Canada had made no compromise to the American side on the thorny issue of dairy market access. It read, quote, there have been no concessions by Canada on agriculture. Similarly, Canadian officials told the Canadian press early today that expectations a NAFTA deal is imminent or exaggerated, but and premature and the talks today colored a little bit by um, some comments made by Uh, President Trump, uh, some blunt assessments of the negotiations. Now, apparently they were spoken in confidence but leaked to the media, and uh, that went over like a ton of bricks. Now, uh, President Trump has admitted to making the -the off-the-record remarks, saying, quote, "...the U.S. is in total command of NAFTA talks and that it will make no compromises to reach a deal with Canada." Uh, The Toronto Star reporting today that uh, Trump in an interview with Bloomberg News said the U.S. is unwilling to make concessions and that his position was, quote, going to be so insulting. Canada's not going to be able to make a deal. Trump admitted on Twitter that he made the comments, claiming uh, an understanding with the news agency that his comments were off the record and uh, that those off-the-record comments obviously blatantly violated, he says. He goes on to say, quote, Oh, well, just more dishonest reporting. I'm used to it. And goes on to say, at least Canada knows where I stand. So again, we're expecting a news conference coming up at two thirty this afternoon, and we'll hear from the Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland. Uh, they've been um, talking over the past a couple of days in Washington. That deadline that the U.S. President set uh, for today is going to be missed, but the talks set to resume next week, likely on Wednesday. So again, that's coming up at two thirty this afternoon. Also on the show today, uh, we're going. Going to talk with Peter Geiger from the Farmer's Almanac. He is the editor. His father was the original editor. It was uh, This is something that's been in his family for a very long time. They've uh, put out a bone-chilling forecast for the winter, so I'm going to talk to him about this and find out how that all comes about. I want to talk to a little bit of gardening as well. Anita Coolman, Anita Mar- McDonald from Kuhlman's Market Garden Greenhouse is going to join us and then some guests from uh, Lord Strathcona's horse the uh, the Royal Canadians going to join me in studio pretty special trip for them coming up in uh, well they're leaving next week to head to France. We'll tell you what that's all about um, as well. Wanted to. I'm going to get to uh, Premier Notley's comments last night on Trans Mountain, uh, but also wanted to put this bug in your ear because it's been floating around. Haven't had a chance to get to it uh, all week, but wondering what you think about it as you're wrapping up another work week. Maybe you're he- well heading out for the long weekend, taking this break for three days off. If you're lucky enough to get the three days off, how tied though are you to your work email? And should email, work email that you get outside of your work hours, be counted as work hours should you be getting paid to be uh dealing with them and how are you balancing them we know in some countries france has uh has banned them they're not allowed to to do it or you're going to get paid over there there was a study from the university of west england uh it was 5,000 passengers on a uh, commuter routes uh and as more and more wi-fi became available they have just said you know it's kind of taken over my life i'm dealing with work uh before my work hours after my work hours that uh 54% of commuters on those trains were sending work emails and at home once you get home using work emails uh, or dealing with work emails as well so if the journey whether it's you know uh, on the LRT maybe it's carpooling uh, maybe it's home at night and sitting in, in in your lazy boy watching another episode of ballers on a Sunday night I've if if that becomes a part of work, should it also be recognized as part of working hours? Should you be getting paid? How are you dealing with that? Um, and, you know, do you look at the, how the culture, that workplace culture uh, changes? I can tell you this, Chadville. Um, my pal Andrew, who, by the way, is on holidays, will be back on Tuesday. Um, he has all of his work email forwarded to his personal phone. I refuse to do that. I refuse to have my work email come to my house. I do, or to my, to, my, uh, to my iPhone. I do check on it maybe, maybe once a night later on, but more often than not, I do not. I do not. I do get work emails in the morning from producer Brad starting probably about 7.30 in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. Should I get paid for that? Or is that just part of the job? Is that just a heads up on what your day is going to be like coming up? What do you think? How are you handling that? Just curious. Okay, I want to take a quick break here at 2.13. Uh, when we come back, let's take a look at uh, Premier Notley's response to uh, the Trans Mountain ruling yesterday. Did you listen to it right here on 6.30, Ched? I did on the way home from work last night. Uh, was impressed with what sounded like tough talk. Pulling out of that uh, climate, climate plan at first sounded like a big bombshell. Then we realized a little bit later, not so much. But what she is saying is that for it to go ahead in the future, Alberta needs to be a part of it. And uh, until this gets done, it won't happen. Want to know what you think about it. Want to know um, how you're feeling 24 hours after the fact. Uh, a quick break here. More on the 6.30 afternoon news right after this. is the text line here at 6.30. Ched, surprise, surprise. The phone number is 4960063. So did want to talk to you uh, a little bit about um, Premier Notley's response to the Federal Court of Appeal decision uh, in which Ottawa's approval of the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion was overturned yesterday. As you know, Premier Notley addressed... Albertans about the latest hurdle to come before the project. Then she went on to drop what some called a political bombshell of her own, saying that she was taking
2: Alberta out of the federal climate plan. I'm announcing that with the Trans Mountain halted and the work on it halted, until the federal government gets its act together, Alberta is pulling out of the federal climate plan. And let's be clear, without Alberta, that plan isn't worth the paper it's written on. Now, I don't take this decision lightly. Every Canadian has a stake in proper climate action, no one more so than my kids, than your kids, than the generations who will follow us. But Alberta, and indeed Canada, cannot transition to a lower carbon economy, we can't build a more just, equal and prosperous society. We can't do these things if we can't provide the jobs and the prosperity that comes from getting fair value for the resources that we own.
1: 218. So, in case you're just wondering, if you've been, you know, just woke up after a really great sleep, uh, yesterday morning, a panel of three judges said the National Energy Board's review of the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion proposal was so flawed, so flawed, that the federal government could not use it as a basis for its decision to approve the project. Uh, Premier Notley said she spoke with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau earlier in the day, and uh, she laid
2: out some demands and most obviously, the Federal Government must immediately launch an appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada. But even more importantly, Ottawa must immediately recall an emergency session of Parliament to assert its authority and fix the NEB process as it relates to this project to make it clear that marine matters have been and will be dealt with in a different forum. Then, Ottawa needs to roll up its sleeves and continue its work to protect our coast. And finally, it must improve the consultation and accommodation relating to Indigenous people in the way that they deserve. In the way that they deserve, she went on
1: to say that successive federal governments created the mess that we find ourselves in, that Ottawa, that Ottawa needs to fix it. She laid blame squarely at the feet of the federal government, past and present. Alberta
2: has done everything right, and we've been let down. The combined result of the actions taken by the Harper government, the current federal government, the National Energy Board, and the Federal Court of Appeal means that the current state of affairs in Canada right now is such that building a pipeline to tidewater is practically impossible. As a result, our ability to transport our most profitable commodity is subject to the whims of the White House and the U.S. government. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a threat to Canadian sovereignty and Canadian economic security. It is a crisis.
1: A crisis at 2.20. Rick, I'm going to get to your phone call in just a moment. Some of your texts coming in at 6.30, 6.30. Gordo says stop paying the carbon tax is something... Stop paying the carbon tax is something. The other is just, uh, or it's just political hot air. So now we pay twenty-two hundred dollars extra a year in carbon tax and four point five billion for a useless pipeline. And Trent says, "You know what, Jay? Yeah, I liked her speech, until she admitted she's going to keep gouging Albertans with her carbon tax while admitting it doesn't work to get projects built. The punchline made her speech not worth the paper it was written on." And this one says, uh, not really a bombshell since we're paying more provincially for carbon than the federal plan is. What an empty threat. Good riddance, Rachel. Hashtag nail and coffin. And James in Peace River says most Albertans don't support this climate plan, so leaving it is an empty threat. And the carbon tax wasn't stopped. Notley is Gonzo next May. That's uh, James in Peace River. Now, Rick's been on on hold here. Rick's calling in from Vancouver this afternoon. Hi, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Uh, You you know, um, there's a few things, but uh, primarily...
3: I don't know if, if we should get so wound up about um, about this uh, this current ruling uh, reality of it is is they came with the, they came up with these findings because the process they found flaws in the uh-huh. process I know there's going to be a lot of people saying uh, you know that, that it was good to go let's let's make it so it's not the end of it by any stretch of the imagination and it's going to be more expensive it's going to cost us but I think at the end of the day if they you know they follow through uh, the the recommendations this this is going to happen the biggest part for me and for a lot of us in Vancouver, uh, here in the West End, where it's going to be leaving, it is we did not feel that the uh, Marine uh, section of, of, the, uh, of the agreement really satisfied a, a natural disaster that would occur. So I think if you get that piece of the puzzle fixed up at this stage of the game, support, you know, all the protests that you're seeing from here is mm-hmm. going to diminish um, by, by tenfold. And I also wonder... If if this isn't some game playing by Trudeau in the long run, um, and you guys in Alberta are kind of getting screwed in the, in the end, or, or he's he's trying to do an end run, Trudeau's always been an environmentalist and, and a, a supporter of um, of indigenous uh, rights mm-hmm. from day one. If, if he's not playing some kind of game, knowing that uh, you know we're going to try and and appease the Alberta people by saying oh yeah we're going to go with this, knowing full full well that there were issues in this uh, in this um in this agreement and. If he can delay it till twenty two or twenty uh, twenty one, it's dead in the water. All of the um, all of the uh, studies that they've done are expired. Uh, so I'm just wondering in the back of my mind if there's not a little bit of um, of manipulation going on on his part to say, on one hand, look, Alberta, we're behind this, we want to get this done, and on the other hand, just his how he's been. I mean, a tiger is a tiger. You take mm-hmm. the stripes away, it's still a tiger. <laughs> um, there might be something else going on there that we just you know, you guys are getting uh, placed over on that end.
1: Yeah, it just seems that um, there would be more leadership and more firmness from the federal government on this. He keeps saying, "No, we're committed. We're committed. We're committed," but um, you know, talk is talk. You have to see the action, right,
3: Rick? And 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 that's really what, what's missing in this. I mean, um, in, in fairness, this is um, you know these findings are, are true and honest, and whether you like it or not, they they have to be dealt with. But the bigger question comes to play is, why in the hell didn't they see that to begin with? They've dealt with it before. Uh, this is not new stuff. Is it just incompetence? And I don't know if it's, if people are that incompetent. I think this may be uh, just some maneuvering to try and say, "Look, I was, but then I didn't, and it didn't happen. At the end of the day, Trudeau does not get his votes out of Alberta. He gets them out of .BC. Um, mm, so yeah. you know follow the money, follow the votes. Um, it's just—it's just, uh, it just is too odd that, uh, that at this stage of the game, this is what's happening, and it should have been caught long ago.
1: So, Rick, in Vancouver today, what, it, what is the what is the feel? Are people talking about this? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, it, it's very—it's very mixed. Uh, and
3: there are a lot of people that are, um, you know, in the industry or, or that stood to make money out of it are, are very upset. Uh, and then there are the other side. I mean, um, we are uh, a little more sensitive to our environment here than than other parts of the country, uh, you know, those people are, are very happy. It's a very mixed um, sense and, and I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, I, I was opposed to it only because of the marine aspect. I'm glad it's being looked at now. Um, you know, that gets handled. Um, there's no opposition from me
1: because the product has to get moved. Rick, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to call us this afternoon. Thank you for your thoughts. It is uh, 2.26. Uh, this text from Bob. Hey, Jay Lynn, I'm so disgusted with this country. I don't know what to say anymore. This is not a new pipeline. We're talking about twinning an existing pipeline that has been in the ground for almost 60 years. The country is being held hostage by radical environmentalists and many indigenous groups who are not even located along the route. Say what you will about Trump, who I personally detest, says Bob, but this would not happen in the U.S. Premier Notley will get my vote. Uh If she begins only uh, shipping, uh, we'll get my vote. If she begins shipping only Dilbit through the pipeline, that will get some attention. Rick, another Rick on the phone this afternoon. Hi, Rick.
0: Hi. You know, it's hard to even understand that the government of Canada can't do business in Canada.
1: I know. Isn't it something else?
0: You know, I'm in Edmonton. I'm a business owner. My family's done business since the early 1900s. You've heard this story before mm-hmm. it's an absolute joke and it's such a tangled web that they've made that they weave that they can't get through mm-hmm. i mean you know your special interest groups are the ones that get all the attention and you know good on on the owners of the pipeline to sell it their shareholders 99 percent, in favor of selling it just as this was to happen can you believe that Canada can't do business in their own country, yeah, the government of Canada?
1: That's right, that Canada can't do business in Canada. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling, Rick, and I think that's one of the things that is really ticking so many people off right now.
0: Well, well you know, and I come from a, a conservative background where we've seen some really, really good days here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can't do business in Edmonton because yeah. we've had too many hurdles to get through. We can't do business in the province of Alberta because of the Alberta government. We can't get through. And now you look at—it's an absolute joke. And what a shame to be a Canadian to see how. And you know, uh, Trudeau. What was what was that? Uh, what is his dad? What did his dad do? The, um, the, the energy program. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and making that in Alberta's contribution to the country of Canada, <laughs> and. And here we get dissed the way we are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Trudeau is an absolute shame to our country, an absolute shame to our country. And anyways, I've said enough and, and good in your program. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Rick. Thanks for giving us a shout this afternoon. Appreciate it. All right. We'll uh, cycle back around to this a little bit later on, have some comments from political um analyst uh, John Brennan want to get I want to get to later on uh, but right now we're going to break for the two thirty news and then we will be we should be going live to a conference a news conference uh Chrystia Freeland uh, Canada's foreign affairs minister to give an update on NAFTA talks we've been told that they have now been um stopped for the day we'll resume next week but we'll get an update coming up right after this the 630
3: CHED Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 CHED.